This is the Convo Podcast. Hello there, welcome to another amazing episode of the Convo Podcast. And I am, of course, your awesome host, Andrea. So with me in the studio today, I have a delectable lady, a very beautiful woman. Her name is Mrs. Funke Adeoyi. Yeah. Yep, you're welcome. And she is the founder of Hope Behind Bars Africa Foundation. Hey, a whole <laughs> CEO. No, me, I deal with CEOs now. No, my last um, guest was also a CEO. So <laughs> you have to be proud of me. So please tell us, Ma, what's Hope Behind Bars Foundation really all about? Okay, thank you very much, Andre. And thank you for having me on your show today. We're glad. Yeah. Uh, so Hope Behind Bars Africa is a youth-led non-profit organization that is working at the intersection of human rights and criminal justice. Okay. So we work to provide um, reforms in the Nigerian criminal justice system using legal aid, data, advocacy, and education. And we have been doing this for about three years now. Um, we're currently uh, located in Abuja, of course, like headquartered in Abuja, um, but we also have our interventions in Kano, Edo State, Nasserra State, and Niger State. Wow, that's wide. That's yeah. really amazing. You're doing such a great job. Thank you. So, but why did you start this foundation in the first place? Okay. Did you study law? Okay. Yeah, so I'm a lawyer, yes, by profession. I okay. have been practicing for about nine years now. Um, and um, it actually happened. It's a whole lot of story, but I'll try to summarize it. You, don't, you can't say it. Say the whole story. We're here for the gist. All right. So, yeah, it, it's um, several years ago, my my dad was um, a victim of the criminal justice system. Wow. Um, he was arrested for a crime he did not commit. I think there was an issue at work and they just arrested some of them. And he was um, detained for some, some, some weeks, actually. And it was a really, really traumatic period for my family then because we were not particularly boxed up. And so we could not like really afford uh, the services of a lawyer. And, you know, it wasn't just about the lawyer, the police asked for bribe and all of those mm. kind of things. And eventually we were able to get out of it. We found a relative of ours who was a lawyer who helped out and all. Well, I, I was pretty young then. Okay. Um, and I know then after my dad came back home, you know, it was traumatic, but then he would not just have that conversation that one of my child would come in there, one of my child would come in lawyer. So we're six. And the third, the first did not become a lawyer. The second did not. So I had a thing for talking and, you know, okay. yeah. So I said, yeah, I was going to go read this law and, you know, see what I can do. And I, 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 I went to study law, but I would say that I did not really come back to um, the whole knowledge of how bad this criminal justice system was until my final year. Wow. So in my final year at the university, I think that was in 2012, I wrote my thesis, my project on um, the prison system. And that was when, I was just 20 at the time, but that was when my eyes were really opened to the number of people behind bars for offenses they did not commit and the number of people in pretrial detention. So normally the prison is supposed to be for convicted people, but in Nigeria, seven out of every 10 prisoners are not convicted oh, wow. 
Yeah, so that's a very big problem. And I first noticed that in my thesis. And so after I wrote my thesis, I went on to law school. I began to volunteer um, at the law clinic. I went to Slager Prison a couple of times, interviewed inmates. Still the same story. I was just walking on the road. They picked me up, you know, all those just kind like of that. things. Yeah, all those kind of things. And then I started to practice law. Um, in Lagos at the time and there was this particular case I handled on my own this time around um there were 14 of them they were f accused of the murder of police of nine policemen and there was no evidence against them yeah so um I'm rounding up in Sorry, Nigeria nine policemen died yeah and they caused this 14 men okay so this is what happened it was a sensational case at the time because if you check the news you would see it so yeah um they had like a pipeline it's a pipeline vandalization case and so there was like this um um fight between the police and the van the guys who vandalized the pipeline yeah. in i think delta state or thereabouts and the police know the guys but because the guys are like big um what do they call them these amnesty people um oh, yeah, militants, militants yes. so, so the police did not go for the militants they went for these other young guys in the same location who did not commit the offense wow yeah there was no evidence against them they were different people in different places in niger delta at the time and then they arrested them for conspiracy pipeline ventilation and murder and so when we came into the matter we um came into the matter because these men were, were, were really wretched like they were going to be abandoned there as a matter of fact there were 15 of them yes but one was killed like oh. they brought one oh. out you know and they killed him and told the rest that this is what will happen to you if you don't confess mm -hmm. so these other 14 guys confessed um it's called them um, involuntary for involuntary confession in law anyway to cut, cut the long story short i took up the case me and my senior colleague at work pro bono because they could not pay us yeah. and there was no evidence against them of course and so we won the case at the federal high court in lagos then and then on appeal we also won the case that was in 2015 to be precise and then i moved to abuja in 2017 and still and i still saw that there's a need for this yeah. the whole NSAS thing was already trending at the time people saying that SARS is causing more harm than good. It was still part of my work. And I said, okay, it's time to go out to do this. And mm. that's how we started. And even during the SARS protest, I think they arrested a lot of people yes. who did not really commit any crime. Yes, yes. And some were not even part of the protest. Yes. And they were forced to yes. say that they were part of the protest, that they yeah. were shooting yeah. blood. It's crazy that they actually force you to make confessions of things you do not do. Yes, yes. And, and you need to understand here that we're talking about people in a position of authority. Exactly. Um, so even... We, we are human beings we we have fear there's fear inside of you mm -hmm. so you have people giving confessions nigeria the police doesn't even read your rights to you before they start before they yeah yes. <laughs> they don't, but really you have a right to remain silent mm -hmm. but there and there they will make you um say things that you shouldn't say confess and all of that so yeah it's a huge problem gosh that's crazy so i was about to ask you what inspired you to mm -hmm. start and yeah. all that but i think we already know that it's mm -hmm. something that is personal yeah, to you personal. because of your father's experience yeah, yeah. but what keeps you going oh thank you for that question what keeps me going is the last show that broke the final um the last show that broke the camels back for me so i i narrated a whole long like story of how i got here yeah the the, the i started hope behind bars in may 2018 march 2018 i lost a child to nigeria's terrible healthcare system oh, God. um and then um, 
I had two options after losing the child. I had the option of being the lawyer I wanted to be and suing the government and making all the noise <laughs> or just channeling my pain into doing what I knew I should be doing. So I chose the latter. So that's one thing that keeps me going because every time I think of... We have so Nigeria has a lot of system problems from the yeah. healthcare to the justice, justice system yeah. to you know education and all of that. Um, and um, I, I really do believe that we the government cannot do it alone, mm-hmm. so we as young people should be able to stand up and offer solutions the best way that we can. We can't just keep complaining, so the little you can do, do it. And at the time, I knew I could do this right, and so I started. So, to be candid. Um, that's the first thing that keeps me going, knowing why I started, knowing that this is purpose for me, knowing that I cannot be doing something else at this time. I do so many things, by the way, like yeah. I'm multifaceted, yeah, but um, but I know this is something I should be doing at this time, that's one. And then two, along the line, since I started, when I think of the wins that we've had, and I think of... Um, Aisha, Aisha was a child bride yeah. who was in prison for um, three years for the mother of her stepchild that she did not mother. Mm-mm. We provided access to justice to her. Sorry, how old was she? She was okay. She was she got to prison at fifteen. She was married at thirteen. Oh, yeah. So when I think of stories like mm. um, Aisha, I, I met Aisha in twenty nineteen, and you know when she was telling me her story, we provided really good services to her. And she's out there. When I think of her, when I think of Christopher, Christopher was twenty seven when we met him at Kujie Prison. He had spent five years in prison for just coming back from school, he was coming back from Cardinal State Technical School or thereabouts, and then he was picked up by the police, taken to SAS, and um, he ended up 25 years in Kujie prison for nothing. I met him in Kujie, and when we represented him, he was free. So when I think of people like Aisha, people like Christopher, people like all the people that were able to help, trust yeah. me, it keeps me going that in my little way, even though I don't have all the money in the world, I'm able yeah. to help somebody. And that's very yeah. brave of because I'm just here looking at you and thinking like, you just decided to stand up for these people who you do not know, yeah. but their stories are very touching to you. Mm-hmm. And because you have your father had that same experience yep. as well. And there are lots of lawyers out there who are like, no, there's no money. Me, I'm not doing mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> lots of them are like, I can't stand against the police. So if you don't have money to pay them, there's mm-hmm. nothing I can mm-hmm. do for you. But you're different. And then you've, you and your team are going all out for mm-hmm. these people. And mm-hmm. it's such an amazing job. I just want thank to thank you, you for that. Like, <laughs> thank you. Wow. So let me just ask again, how has been the journey so far? So you started, you started in 2018. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So how has been the journey so far? Like, what are the challenges that you faced along the way, the hurdles, from starting it Mm -hmm. till this point? Okay. Um, The journey so far has been a journey, (laughs) quite a journey. I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, it's been quite a journey. Um, I started alone. Um, Like I I mentioned earlier, when I started, I didn't have a time. It wasn't like I had money on me. As a matter of fact, I didn't even have a job at the time. I was just freelancing. You know, I had just relocated from Lagos to Abuja. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't like I had so much. So I started going to the... Pre- I wrote to the prison that I would like to come interview inmates and begin to represent them on my own. So for like um, five, six months, I was doing that on my own. Once in a while, because I can be very shy, mm-hmm. but once in a while, I would post on social media. I would post on Facebook. Okay. At the time, I'll post, I'll share my story, I'll share my wins. And I started having many people reach out to me, lawyers mm-hmm. actually, yeah. that they would like to be part of this, even if it's one or two cases, blah, blah, blah. Do you have an organization? I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't have an organization, but I had the name. Interestingly, I had the name Hope Behind Bars. Okay. Like inside of me like a year before and 
So, so anyway, I, I eventually just decided, okay, I was going to register an organization. Um, and then I, I think, so I signed May 2018 and then in December I applied for an opportunity. I wanted to see how I could leverage tech to provide access to justice to people in prison because I noticed a major gap. The fact that lawyers are very busy people. Yeah. um, And we have um, lots of prisons outside the city. Mm. So a lawyer has a lot of work on his hands. He might not be able to go outside the prison. So we came up with the idea that we would train volunteers to go to um, the prisons outside the cities and then use technology to connect lawyers to the cases so i i pitched that idea before accountability lab they bought the idea and i got into their incubation program and that was how we got our first funding funding like it was more in in terms of stipends Uh, that was what we used to register the organization to build to build the app the website you know and all of that and you know that's 2018 2019 this is 2022 i can tell you that we have been able to provide access to justice to over 200 people, wow. not just in Abuja, but wow. in Niger, Nasarawa, excuse me, Kano yeah. and um, Edo State. Edo State yeah, yeah. Yes, we work with lawyers. I don't do the work alone. Oh, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness, that would be too much. Yeah, so we work with lawyers across the states. So we okay. have quite a lot of lawyers on our database. And we've moved from just providing free legal services to using data to track the pace of um, criminal justice reforms. We do lots of advocacy. Um, We partner with Cornell University in the New York um, to train our lawyers because we need our lawyers' capacity to be built, you know. Not just our lawyers, but other lawyers, you know, who do this kind of work. Um, And we are growing. I can tell you that we're not where we used to be. Like, we're not where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. In fact, this year has been beautiful. Last month, we received two grants, um, two international grants to foster the work that we do um, on human rights and criminal justice reform. So yeah, it's been a it has been an interesting ride. Challenges, challenges. Well, every NGO faces the challenge of Definitely. funding. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, but but we've been quite innovative in our use of volunteers. We okay. leverage volunteers. Okay. Um, we've been quite innovative in our in our use of um, team. Like okay, t- uh, what's it called? Talent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like you know graphics website those kind of things we just leverage on talents of young people okay. yeah it's been challenging but it's been fulfilling wow yeah i can tell yep <laughs> that's so amazing so after you've helped these people mm-hmm. get out of prison and all that is there like a follow-up system okay. you know to check if they're okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if they're um they have jobs mm-hmm. if they're going back to school mm-hmm. that's if they're young enough mm-hmm. to go back and they're not done with school yet mm-hmm. and um you know, how their families yeah. are doing and if they've been able to reach out to mm-hmm. their families afterwards. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for that question. Yeah, that's other, the other part of the things that we do that I did not quite mention. Okay. So we do lots of work around reintegration, rehabilitation and empowerment. We, first off, empower women in prison. Okay. So we, we've come to understand that, you know, there is a gap. Yeah. There's an equality gap between women and men. 90% of the women in prison are there for less violent crimes. Yeah, as against the men who are there for lots of violent crimes. We have women that they just stole 2,000 naira, maybe stole 5,000 naira, those kind of things. So we empower women. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure they'll stay there for up to a year. Yeah, they can stay. Yeah, I know someone who stole cash notes and was in prison for there a year. There you go. Yes, yes. In I, I, heard, I heard some of them cannot even afford... A bill of 5K? Oh, 2K. I heard 500 naira once. Uh, it's possible. Trust me, it's possible. My goodness. Very possible. 
in and, this country. And, and you know, the funny thing is that it doesn't make sense keeping them there because we're using the taxpayers' money to take care of these people. Exactly. For when they could just, you know, it's it's five thousand there, right? Five hundred, two thousand. So 2000. meanwhile, per day, they 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 say about one dollar. Yeah, one dollar out there about is allocated to each prisoner for his or her food. Wow. You know, so and now you know what one dollar is is about four hundred and fifteen naira. But that's another thing. That's another conversation. <laughs> but back to your question, okay, yes, yeah. we two things we work with women in prison. We train them. We empower them with vocational skills. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time the German embassy sponsored um thirty was it thirty women or ten women? Yes, okay. that was during the COVID. Okay. Give them money to produce face mask wow. that was shared within the prison so those kind wow. of things yeah we empower them in prison not just them mm-hmm. not just train but we ensure that they make some money while in prison that's the first thing that's then cool. secondly we don't just pick people and then when they come out we just leave them we need to follow up it's called back on track it's the name of the project is called back on track so we try to follow up for the ones that want to go to school we help them for the ones that want to go learn a vocation we just do some form of assistance for yeah. them okay. yes because um we are not just after them leaving prison we don't want them to go back to crime it's two yes. things some of them some of the people that we help are innocent they've never committed a crime okay. but there's every possibility that when they get in there they mix with bad company yes. and then they come out you know all of that so it's important that we follow up with them mm-hmm. when they come out you know um yeah so that's about it i have to ask that question because a lot of people who are actually um convicted of crimes mm-hmm. when they come out they have nothing to return to and mm-hmm. then they end up going back, back to, to crime, crime yeah. and all that that's just that's so amazing thank you so much so um also i don't know do you um have what's your website first of all okay well website is www.hopebehindbarsafrica.org okay your social media handles instagram and twitter at hopebehindbar Okay. Facebook and LinkedIn, Hope Behind Bars Africa. All right. So you're listening to that. Make sure you follow them up. If you are a potential volunteer, please volunteer with them. If you're a potential sponsor, yes. we need your money. <laughs> yes. It's important for this job to be done. Because yeah. honestly, you're doing our society a very, very great favor. Thank you. Because there's some people that will be like, oh, they did this to my father. They don't mm-hmm. just... They'll either go against the system mm-hmm. or just leave the country entirely. Mm-hmm. But you're here and you're you're fighting for other people is is such is something to admire so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. So before you go, I won't game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my last guest did not get this, so I'm going to repeat it. Oh my again. god. <laughs> if you get it, hopefully. Um Okay, so I call it repeat after me. Okay. So you're going to repeat after me, actually. Okay. okay. So, um, red? Red. Blue. Blue. What color is your dress? Yellow. <laughs> Yellow. Let's go again. Okay. Red? Red. Blue. Blue. What color is your dress? Yellow. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Let's go again. You didn't get it. Repeat after me. Okay. Red? Red. Blue? Blue. What color is your dress? What color is your dress? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so thank much you. this is funke i'm so glad to have you oh do you go by barista funke i just call myself funke like everyone calls me funke so yeah okay, okay. Call you auntie funke. <laughs> please <laughs> thank you so much for joining me you're welcome and, um, 
Hopefully, I'll come and join you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you. Great work you're doing with Lekongo Provo um, Podcast. Thank you. Welcome. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you follow us on Instagram at Lekongo Podcast. And for my guests here, please follow at Hope Behind Bar. What about your personal page? At the Funke Adoye. At the Funke Adoye. At the Funke Adoye on Instagram and on Twitter. Yep. All right, that's it for today. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Bye. Bye.